it's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 133, Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. And it's time for your official World Baseball Classic betting preview episode. I'm just kidding. It's time for the big dance, baby. Beware the Ides of Doggy Juice March. The 2023 NCAA tournament has officially tipped off with the first four games in Dayton, and the best four days of the entire sports calendar are upon us, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing, truly nothing better than wall-to-wall college basketball played at the highest level for college by players with everything to play for. The madness has officially arrived. I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so you're you're likely in the final stages of filling out your brackets, entering your survivor pools. Maybe you've got a little Calcutta this evening, or maybe you've already done a couple of those. And of course, you're looking to make some bets for March Madness. Lines have moved a bit this week you know, after, after the openers, after Selection Sunday, but there's still plenty of opportunity out there on the betting board and tons of angles to put into your tool belt for this weekend. So this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod is going to be all college hoops. I'll quickly dive into a few higher level macro strategy stuff here at the top, and then I'll, I'll give a few teams that I'm eyeballing, um, of course some prices as well, and, and ones I've already gotten to play on few of those i'm not going to go down and like share every bet i've made because i've got a million bets and sides and totals that um, unfortunately most of them no longer able to get but um i'll also be given a, a couple possible cinderellas for this year as well and after that i'll dive into my favorite betting angle for attacking the attacking the opening round games in the big dance one i've touched on here in the past but it does bear repeating for this year especially since i see a lot of opportunity on that front over the next few days. And then I'll close out the pod with the official Doggy Juice Pod Final Four for 2023, which I've done that in previous years just for fun, so you guys can all listen back and laugh at me. And I know I teased last week that I would be coming back with a brand new segment, but in the interest of time, I decided to push that back out uh, to next week, the next episode, so you'll have to come back uh, for the next one to check that out. Before I start, if you're listening to this, the only thing I ask of you is to please rate and review the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts, even just a quick five-star rating, or less if you truly believe it's less than five stars. It's just so huge to help grow this podcast, get it out to more people who might be interested in and checking it out or uh, interested in the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, developments in the industry, uh, learning how to just become a sharper sports better and doing this the right way. Any help you could do to help spread the word is always very much appreciated. All right, let's get going. So I'm going to start this off with another big disclaimer, like I've done, uh, you know, the, the no fun disclaimers that I've done in previous March Madness uh, preview episodes in previous years here. That the lines, you know, everyone's looking to bet these games. The lines, though, are completely sharpened out by tip-off. I mean, these you won't find college basketball markets more sharp throughout the entire season, you know. Of course, and of course, they're they're going to sharpen out as we continue to move forward in the tournament with less games on the board. And you know, by the time you're at the Final Four and championship game, there's you know you're, you're betting something that is getting a ton of action on both sides. If we're no longer sitting on that you know the single college basketball Saturday with 150 plus games on the board to pick and choose our spots. Now we got you know it's only 32 games in the next two days, uh, Thursday, Friday, obviously 16 over the weekend. So there's a limited amount. You're going to be pressured, you know, not pressured, but you're going to be 
inclined to look to bet it. I mean, who's not? And, and there's nothing wrong with throwing some pizza money down on this stuff. But it's just important to keep that as your backdrop and, and remind yourself that too. If you start reeling off, you know, successive, you know, a nice little short short winning streak or short losing streak, that you know this is really essentially flipping coins when it comes down to it. If you're betting it, especially right before tip off. And, and really, the, the the real value, I've said this in previous years, it's it's really in those other conference, sorry, not conference tournaments, uh, just uh, postseason tournaments like the NIT, CBI, some of those, especially with the you know, some of the recent rule changes uh, in recent years, shout out to NIT overs. Uh, but just remember, I always say this, like the money that you're betting on the NIT or the CBI or any other postseason tournament prints exactly the same as the money on the big dance. So watch your bankroll management, keep your unit size in check, embrace the fact that there's going to be a ton of variance, wild swings, bad beats, buzzer beaters. It's all a part of the madness. So make sure you keep enough bullets in your chamber and don't overextend on any one game or, or any one position. Death, taxes, and the committee doing its part to completely screw over legit mid-majors who could have made a deep run in the big dance. It's as consistent as science, the Allen Boston special, and it's that time of year for it. This year, uh, we got we saw it again when Selection Sunday, you know, we saw the brackets come out. Uh, this year, by far the most egregious was the Oral-Bob-Duke matchup, um, that 5-12 matchup. Uh, in that in the East region, um, you know, after Roach came back for Duke, this has been a team with new life. You know, under first year coach John Shire, their talent level would really would put them at a, a two or three seed lowest right now with the way they're playing. And in fact, there's only a small handful of teams I would have favored over them right now in my ratings, and, and not by much on those you know in those favorites either. Like take um, the number three seed in Duke's same region, Kansas State, for example. If they played Duke on a neutral right now, I'd have Duke favored by about five points, a little over five points in that in that matchup. So it's criminal what they did putting this Duke team as a five seed, especially with you know Virginia in the same conference as a four. But that's where we're at now, and, and that's the matchup, the path that they were given. That is what it is. Um, as for Oral Bob, they completely got the shaft as well. This is such a good team, and the market is absolutely right to respect them and see some early money. Uh, we saw some early money move this one down to Duke consensus six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, six, some sixes out there after an opener north of seven. So Oral Bob's, they're catching Duke coming off the ACC tournament win. They reeled off a bunch of wins in a row, uh, but it's a bunch of freshmen on that team, and it's really like the ultimate letdown spot. I, I trust Shire to get them focused for this game and have a, a defensive game plan, but you can guarantee Oral Bob's going to be ready with the game plan, and they're absolutely a live dog in that game. And uh, really, whoever wins that game, I think, has a great chance to get to the Elite Eight. It's just that's what the committee does, putting some of these, you know, these teams together and you know, usually Duke didn't get the shaft under under in the Coach K era, but uh, this year they did, and that's a really tough matchup for the hottest one of the hottest teams in college basketball in Duke facing off against uh, Oral Bob, the the mid major darling. Another fuckery out there. Look at the exact same region in the East, you know, with the the eight versus nine matchup between Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Those are two teams in the top twenty two on Kempom squaring off in the first round. Winner gets Purdue, the one seed. I, I honestly think either one of those teams can knock off. There's going to be well equipped to knock off the Boilermakers. Of course, anything's possible in the tournaments. So I could say can knock off the Boilermakers, and it's, you know, what kind of take is that? But I, I really do think they're equipped either of those teams to knock off the Boilermakers because the Purdue, obviously, they got Zach Eady, you know, Player of the Year, but they're you know the freshman Purdue freshman backcourt and the you know the poor big 10 the the defenses that, that i'm talking about here the the florida atlantic memphis defense i really think are equipped to um to make things very challenging for those purdue freshman guards in the second round so 
Um, it's a tight line with FAU and Memphis. It's going to be a great game. It's down to two, but I do like FAU. I, th- I think uh, Memphis really is in a prime letdown spot as well. I think there's a pretty big coaching mismatch there. It's great to see what Hardaway's done with with the Memphis team, and they do have you know the veteran um, backcourt there, which, like I said, it could give Purdue fits, absolutely. Um, but they're in a spot where there's, there's a coaching mismatch in this game. FAU is, I mean, we're talking one of the top teams and top 25 team in, in my ratings in the country. And, and uh, that's going to be a great game, but um, I, I do like that. We're going to get a lot of variants coming out of that side of the bracket. Whoever comes out unscathed, but you know, from, from those t- has a, they have a chance to make the final four in the East, whoever comes out, you know, that do Coral Bob and FAU and, um, and, and Memphis. So there are other examples of the committee pitting up strong teams against one another, you know, early on to get rid of one of them, all in the name of big TV money. But I'll stop there. Just all the, you know, the I don't even want to call it tinfoil hat stuff anymore. It's very blatant. So it's, uh, but I'm not going to belabor that or anything. It's I'll stop there just to remind you all. That's something I always like to bring up this time of year, and I know it's something, but beating it like a dead horse, even on recent episodes. But if you're looking to bet a team's futures for the big dance, especially right now after the brackets were released, you're you're almost always better off um, with it. You know, there are exceptions, of course, uh, do, doing a money line rollover instead of betting that team on the futures board, and that includes you know, especially you know, to make the final four or to make the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, you see some some of those, and it looks nice with the plus price, but you can rest assured the household on on, fu- on those futures markets is a lot larger than most people think. In other words, if you do end up cashing that ticket, you should be getting paid out a lot more than they are paying you out, um, and you're just not getting the best bang for your buck uh, when you when you take the futures. I know it's easier to do and stuff, but you really are better off taking that initial stake that you want on the team, betting them game by game, and rolling over the winnings accordingly every every game. You're gonna. Uh, more likely than not, get a, a way bigger payout uh, doing it that way. And the best part about that, I've said this in previous episodes, is you don't need them to go all the way to cash your ticket. You can get out at any time when you do that strategy. You can keep a, all the portion of your winnings. And, of course, you can also shop around for the best price for each, each round. So uh, it's just going to be a better bet for you going that way. NCAA tournament survivors, survivor pools, are really the best thing going, in my opinion. So if you aren't in one of those then I absolutely recommend checking that out this year and trying to get in one of those. You know, reach out to me separately if you hear this and want to get in. There's still time to uh, before the first tip-off on Thursday uh, Thursday morning. But it's really fun. There's an added element of strategy with the scheduling that really, really makes it unique, uh, tournament survivors. So, um, And as for bracket strategy, most of you already know this, but the single most important thing about filling out a bracket is knowing the size of your pool and also the makeup of that pool. But, but the size of the pool really does mean everything. And for the makeup, you know, if you're, if you're down in Birmingham, Alabama, for example, right now, and you have a work pool to enter, it's probably safe to say you won't get much juice to squeeze by picking the Crimson Tide to cut down the nets. So um, knowing your audience a little bit, you know, if you're in a pool with your, if you went to Northwestern and you're in a pool with a bunch of your Northwestern fans, you might want to pick uh, Boise in that first round matchup. Even though I personally think Northwestern gets through there. But uh, in general, you know it. The bigger the size of the pool, the more upsets you want to choose, and the smaller the pool, the more you want to just stick to chalk. And for the love of God, read the rules of the bracket pool you're joining before making your picks, because some reward points uh, more for, for early round upsets, so adjust accordingly. Sweet! So when it comes to cutting down the nets, the draw in the bracket, you know, it's the single biggest factor in carving out a path to, to win the whole thing, and Matchups come front and center this time of year. That's where you can find some nice edges on the, the betting boards. Is you know the your power rating on the team is one thing, but some teams really do match up better with others. And naturally, like every year, some teams will get the shaft while others get an easier road to to make it all the way. So 
we all have our thoughts on what the toughest regions are, but looking at the futures boards alone pretty much confirms that the market consensus that Houston and Alabama have the easiest paths to the Final Four this year after the draw. You know, with the East and the West regions, the West in particular providing the most difficulty to get to get through. Um, as for my ratings, Houston is a team I've, I'd have favored by almost two points, uh, 1.8 to be exact, over the next best team uh, on my ratings, which is Alabama. But it's pretty tight after that uh, because we, we really have unparalleled parity. Um, sorry, saying that a bunch of times in a row. Unparalleled parity um, in college hoops this season. We've we've all seen it. Everyone knows about it. It makes it a lot more exciting right now. Um, I remember last year, even you know Gonzaga was was laying you know you're laying a number to make the Final Four. Um, you know of any teams that are you know favored to make it the Final Four this year. So um, there are several teams who are capable of cutting down the nets uh, if things do break right for them. I particularly do love the Houston path though. It's, it's been, you know, they've been the best team all year by my metrics. They were my pick to start the season when I went on a couple of shows and um, just, you know, they just lost their conference tourney title game against Memphis, which I actually think is really good for them. To be honest, you see, I always like to fade teams coming off and I'm not alone. This is not a hot take at all, but uh, look to fade teams coming off that conference tournament win, especially if it's a team that finally got over the hump to win it. And that's Memphis. You know, they've lost the past few to Houston and finally got that win for, for Hardaway and, and that, that, you know, the team that you would like to see it happen too. Um, but obviously it's, you know, they're celebrating that and, and they're really ripe for a letdown spot. Um, Memphis is, but Houston on the flip side, you know, I think that it kind of woke them up a little bit losing that, that title game. And, um, Calvin Sampson, their coach, his twin sister just died last week, unfortunately, which was a really unfortunate distraction for the team last weekend. You can only imagine, I mean, you're not going to be paying full attention towards preparing for your, you know, your next game in your conference tournament when something like that happens, something so unfortunate, but now it really does give the team something to rally behind and circle the wagons, uh, as they, you know, they push to make it to the final four. So I really think that Houston is a justified favorite in the betting markets, especially given their path to get to the final four. I mentioned it earlier that, and this is far from a hot take, but Purdue is the most vulnerable number one seed, just, you know, poor big 10 and those freshman guards they have. And obviously Zach Eady, if you could figure out a way to stop him, it's, you know, some teams have given a blueprint over the season to at least try and contain him. Um, and I would argue it's even easier, you know, when you have more like TV timeouts and more time to prep for some of this stuff too. So um, I do think Memphis or, or Florida Atlantic have a terrific chance to knock them off in the second round. And I think Tennessee and Duke or Oral Bob, especially the latter two, Duke or Oral Bob, can take they could take Purdue down in the Sweet 16. Having said that, though, when it comes to filling out brackets, there are probably worse things you can do than putting number one seed of Purdue to the Final Four in your bigger bracket pools. It's it's a nice contrarian play that I. I think could bear fruit right away if Oral Bob knocks off Duke. I mean, uh, and you know, even though I mentioned that Memphis FAU matchup, one of those are one of those two teams are primed to knock off Purdue. The Boilermakers are still going to be favored in that matchup. So, um, Kansas also has a very tough path this year. Arkansas or Illinois can give them fits in the second round, especially Arkansas. Um, that's a very tough part of the region in general, though. With St. Mary's, the number one or sorry, number eleven team on Ken Palm. Uh, UConn, number four team on Kempom, they're lurking right there, and they're they're setting up for a second round matchup. And it sucks that one of those two won't make it to the Sweet Sixteen, but whoever gets through there uh, will be well equipped to take down the Jayhawks. And and then you have UCLA and Gonzaga at the bottom of that region, and, and don't sleep on TCU either. That's a really tough uh, tough road. Um, 
What about a high-variance team to look out for in the first round? I think my perfect answer there is is the Iowa Hawkeyes, my alma mater, um, Iowa. Um, and really the Iowa team, if you look at their home road splits, it's it pretty crazy. We look at the three-point shooting uh, away versus home, so not ideal, but they have great shooters on that team, uh, great ways to score. They're deep um, so they can run at you and, and really go on runs, but defensively, really bad, really bad at defense. So um, those shooting splits are, are pretty crazy. So I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Iowa win that game by 20 or lose by 20 against Auburn. Uh, Auburn and and it really is a spot where like Auburn has that I know people have talked about it but like the game's pretty close to home for them even though it's a neutral site not ideal and especially when you consider Fran McCaffrey Iowa's coach he's been historically bad in NCAA tournaments I think he's made nine trips and he's never made it to the second weekend so uh, take with take with that what you will when it comes to the lower seeds, though, Cinderella's to look out for. The real standout is, we've already discussed from a, a metric standpoint, that's Florida Atlantic, number 22 on Kempom. Oral Bob's right there as well. But when it comes to a path to the Sweet 16, my personal favorite for Cinderella, if you even want to call them that, because they're only getting two points in their first-round matchup as a 12 seed, that's Drake, the Drake Bulldogs out of the Missouri Valley, uh, the Missouri Valley champions finally getting there. And, and you know, they I, I want to touch on this, too. They finally got over the hump, just like I was saying about Memphis there, you know, winning. I think that Drake lost last two conference title games um, with really a, a good team, and, and this year they finally got there, so you'd think they're ripe for a letdown. But I don't really necessarily think so for reasons I'm about to go into. So so Drake, uh, they're catching two and a half at some spots. If you're able to grab that and you're listening right now, I think that's a great look. A lot of this line is coming down to the status of uh, Miami forward uh, Omier. Um, he might not play, but either way, he, he really messed up his ankle over the weekend. So even if he does suit up, I mean, it's pretty clear he's going to be limited physically and mentally in this game if he even does suit up, which looks like as I record this, it could be trending that way. But um but I just love this Drake team, and not only just because they were they were they were the official Doggy Juice Pod team of the year a few years back here on the podcast, just being consistently undervalued by the betting market on a great ATS run that we identified here on the pod, cashed some tickets a few years back. Uh, but this team was younger then, and they looked they looked different. And uh, Tucker Devry, the the coach's son. Uh, coach uh, Darian DeVry, he, he can absolutely stroke it. Sophomore averaging 19 points a game, almost 40% from three and 45% from three and 14 away games this year. Uh, he's surrounded by a team of seniors, though. Uh, Garrett Sturts, uh, he's like the ultimate uh, college basketball player that you hate to play against but love having on your team. Um, but Coach DeVry is... He's he's got this team playing the right ball at the right time. Has been all year. They've they've they're just so well prepared. And the coach's son, I mean, he has the makings to steal the show and make a name for himself in this opening weekend because this guy can absolutely catch fire from the court. There's always someone this every year that kind of comes out of nowhere, so to speak, on the national stage. And I think it's ripe to be this guy. You might think they're in for a letdown, like I said. You know, uh, finally getting to the big dance after three straight. I think it was three straight missed attempts, at least two. Um, maybe have some rust because that. Arch Madness was two weekends ago now, but uh, you know the Missouri Valley Attorney. But I really think that this is the team, a senior-laden team, because it's all seniors around, uh, you know, around the stud sophomore, the coach's son. Um, they've had time to get over that big win. I don't think it's much of a letdown spot, and they could focus in on the draw here, their matchup this week with Miami, and now with Omier, you know, maybe not playing. I, I think they are the more obviously Miami is is you know the more talented team, but their defense is very erratic. And you can bet that Drake's going to come very prepared with a good game plan for this one. So take Drake at plus two or better. 
I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. So I'm going to close out the pod by sharing my favorite absolute favorite NCAA tournament betting angle. And it's really, I always call it my best kept secret, but it's really not anymore. It's not uh, one of the best kept secrets out there, even though I want it to be uh, when it comes to betting on the big dance. And I did touch on this, in, at least in last year's episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. And that is the first to score X amount of points markets in, in the big dance, and specifically the opening rounds, uh, the opening round. There are you know, there's several markets you could look at here, the first to 10, first to 15, first to 20. I found over time that the first to 15 usually provide, it's probably the best value when you're looking at it because uh, mainly it, you kind of set yourself up for those first couple TV timeouts. So like it's, and I'll, I'll go into this right here. What I like to do and with this angle is attack teams that are, that are underdogs, that are the lower seeds, meaning you know, you're 12, 13, 14, but it doesn't really matter the seed number. It's more the, the underdog in the opening round, specifically looking at teams with, with really strong coaching and strong game prep and going, you know, playing on those teams. You know, of course, there, there may be line value playing the spread full game and playing the money line full game and, and in half times, of course, those there can be value in those as well. But getting after it, specifically the handicap early in the game, gives you the best edge here because a lot of books rely on, they just go to the chart on what, you know, they, they rely on their full game. You go to the chart when you look at, you know, their halftime and then your first 15, 10, 20 points, they're just going to go off the chart and and uh, offer the price that, that they've been offering all year on this stuff. But this is really unique in the sense that some of these coaches that are, that are so well prepared have had extra time. Obviously, the the matchups were announced on Sunday night, and these games aren't played till Thursday, Friday. So these really skilled coaches, a lot of them from smaller conferences, mid-majors, that have extra time to prepare, and they're going to have a game script early on for the first couple timeouts. You know, they're going to have plays set up. They're going to have a defensive game plan for some of these stronger teams that they're going up against. And of course, these you know they play these teams a hundred times. They're going to lose the overwhelming majority of them, and they're probably going to get boat raced early in a bunch of them as well. But specifically, when it comes to the big dance. The first round, I'm playing these these uh, lesser teams, so to speak, against a team that might be overlooking them a little bit. Maybe there's they have a lot of talent. Maybe they just won their conference tournament, um, and they're you know they're riding high, so they're not putting in that same prep work on Monday, Tuesday, early in the week after the matchup comes out. Maybe they're even looking ahead to their second round opponent, their eventual opponent, you know, banking on a, an early win in their first game. So taking an underdog and betting them to be the first team to score 15 points is a great angle and and really one that's been a profitable angle for the past few years for me um, in select spots. So it's it's not, you know, it's not to say you should be playing this angle blindly at all and maybe mix it up to, you know, obviously you're going to get less of a payout on a first to 10 market versus a first to 15 and then even even less so on a first to 20 because, you know, it gives the, the better team more time to exert their superiority. But when you're really, you're really hammering it down here and, and, targeting a really specific time frame and that's really that first you know the first couple tv timeouts um and and really getting into play on that team where there could be a nice edge at a plus money payout so um maybe mixing it up a little you know maybe if you're going to do a, a unit putting a half unit on first to 15 and then a, a quarter unit each on first to 10 and first to 20 is a way to do it i mean it, obviously price shop and look around for the best number you're going to get but um, that's not the worst way to go about it because obviously you know you could have a great handicap and then you know your team's up 12 10 and then other team scores two straight, you know, hits a three and then hits a gets a dunk on, on the next uh, next possession, and then you're, it's fifteen fourteen or something like that, and you're and you're losing your bet. So it's nice to kind of get into play in multiple ways, little mix it up, little first ten, first twenty as well. Um, but a few of these higher seeded big favorites, 
you know, they're going to run train on the, on the lower seed from the get-go on Thursday and Friday. And in general, I like to look to fade teams where there are signs, though, that the full-on motivation may not be there. You know, coming off the conference tournament win or a coach may not be well-known to, to prep well for, for games. There's some big coaching mismatches in, in college basketball. We're going to see a few of those um, over the next few days. And So I did avoid a few this time around, like Houston, for example, Northern Kentucky, how, how are they going to score there? I just can't see that. And some of the stuff I mentioned about Houston earlier, I think they're going to circle the wagons a bit. Uh, UConn's another. I'm not going to be fading them with Iona to start um, in that game. But I have identified um, most, if not all, of my targets for this. So here are the teams in particular that I will be that I will be targeting. Um, and some of these you can get down three to one odds or even higher on the first 15 markets. Uh, but definitely shop around for the best price. So uh, Charleston, uh, Princeton, mainly just because there's a letdown spot for Arizona. I would, And if you're playing Princeton, I would definitely just stick to the first half of that game. Oral Bob uh, with the Duke letdown spot angle and, and just the, the coach prep angle. Louisiana, Montana State, Vermont against uh, Marquette. Uh, Marquette obviously coming off the, the big conference tournament win, so... Ripe for a bit of a letdown there, and Vermont's super well-prepared. And if they come out and knock down a few shots, that's going to be a really good angle uh, early on. Kent State, uh, another big angle, just mainly because of coaching. Uh, Kennesaw State, Colgate in, in their matchup. Uh, you get a really nice payout there. And Howard against the number one seeded Kansas. Get the best payout of all there, um, backing the Howard team there. All right, and finally, every single year now on the podcast, I share it. So we could all look back and laugh. But here are the official Doggy Juice Pod Final Four teams for 2023. Arizona versus Duke and Houston versus Gonzaga. I'm going to say Houston beats Arizona in the national championship game to crown coach Kelvin Sampson and the Cougars the champions of college hoops. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast, the official 2023 Big Dance Preview episode. As always, you can follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this, then please just take a moment to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if you have a little bit of time to do that. You can just take 30 seconds. But just leave a quick rating if you can. It really helps get the pod out there to more people who uh, can benefit from it, who might be interested in it. So anything you can help do to spread the word, spread the love, always very much appreciated. I teased it in the last episode at the top of this one. Next week, I'm going to be debuting a brand new segment for you all here on the podcast. And also take a look at the Sweet 16 and possible Elite 8 matchups. So I'll talk to you all soon. Enjoy the games. Good luck on your action. I'll be back. Doggy Juice out. Out.